Welcome to the Sparkle Shamelessly with Lainey Love podcast. I'm your transformational host, Lainey Love Dalby, and I'm on a mission to free human spirits to sparkle shamelessly and step into their authentic power, including you, beloved listener. On this podcast, we're gathering fireside from around the globe for monthly interviews, storytelling, spiritual teachings, and sacred practices with style, sass, and the sacred. Come on over to LaineyLoveDalby.com for more spiritual and leadership development resources. And now, on to the show! Hello, beloveds! We are so thrilled to be back here with you today on the podcast. We took the new moon off this month for a summer break from being online, but now we're back with full Leo fire. So I want to invite you to just take a moment to visualize that we're gathering in our virtual sacred circle now from across the globe for an intimate fireside chat with my dear beloved soul sister, Maya Azucena, who I recently appeared in a music video with for Soul Art Day, along with a few of our other podcast guests, which you may remember or not. So I just wanna invite you to close your eyes for a moment and just breathe in all of our beloveds circling around, nestling up next to the fire. And allow yourself to fully arrive here now to this sacred container from wherever you are tuning in to join us. Just taking some deep breaths. (sighs) Letting anything out on the exhale that may not be serving in this moment. One more. Let's do one more of those (coughs) breaths together. Ah. Mm, Thank you, beloveds. I'm so deeply honored and grateful to have Maya beaming into the Soul Sparkle Sanctuary with us. Beaming, for sure. (laughs) She is a magnetically inspirational woman who's known for making music that uplifts the soul. Among several awards for her music and humanitarian outreach, Maya gathered, garnered a Grammy certificate for contributing her four octave range and soul stylings to a feature performance with Stephen Marley on Best Reggae Album of the Year, Mind Control. Critically acclaimed, she's an avid independent touring artist and songwriter who performs globally and collaborates extensively on stage and records with both national and international stars. She also launched a fearless campaign to empower women and girls in support of survivors of gender-based violence. So amazing, sister. You just <coughs> sharing your bio just brings all of my cells alive. So welcome, oh, sister. So Thank beautiful. you so much. Thank you for inviting me into the space, as you always do. It's, it's just great. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> so each moon cycle in our Sister Hive Learning and Practice community, we're deepening into one of our 13 pillars of the sacred art of sparkling shamelessly. And this moon's community pillar is Ignite Your Fierce Feminine Flame. And the theme is Heart Warrior Activation. 
So really that's because at this pivotal time, we women are being called to stand in our full force and fiery feminine power to help heal not only our individual hearts, but also the collective global heart. And our wild untamed nature and the wisdom of our bodies is calling us calling us to step into our innate power and our untapped potential so we can truly root to rise and shine as Leo beckons us to this moon. And part of this task is really embracing all aspects of ourselves. It's acknowledging and making space for all of our emotions and our inner truths. It's relevant, you know, you know, revealing in this darkness of our shadow and also dancing unabashed in our divine feminine light. And I really believe that the overall health of our mind and our body and our soul really depends on how free we are to express our fierce feminine essence, which has mm. been pressed for far too long. And I know you know this as well, sister, since the birth mm -hmm. We have feared expressing our innate wildness and our ferocity and our truth and our passion. We've tamed ourselves and we've kept ourselves small and we've not spoken up for fear of being burned once again or killed. But the wild woman archetype is truly having a resurgence and she is here with us now, not willing to put up with this shit any longer like the primal volcano goddess Pele erupting, whether they're ready or not, filled with this fiery passion and righteous courage, seething with sacred rage, ready to make her mark on the world and play full out. And mm -hmm. she's in you too, sister. And Maya wholly embodies this in her work as a performer and an artivist and an overall fucking badass, which is why I'm so thrilled that she is here with us today. <laughs> so sister, would you be willing to share a little bit about your own revolutionary journey that really led you to your sacred work in the world and shining so bright with your unique soul sparkle? Um, yes, I, I would love, be willing to share. Thank you <laughs> for that beautiful uh, invitation. Um, you know, I mean, since I was a child, I mean, I was very expressive and, and always uh, very curious about how to better understand who I am and how, how to uh, exist in this world that we're in. Um, I was always an artist. Um, from a very young age, I never doubted that I would be an artist for my job, ever. I never had a day job I intended to keep, ever. I always knew it was all just lessons to give me some, you know, base or education that I would apply to being an artist. Mm -hmm. um, but this um, revelation, um, just to the, the, maybe there's more than one, you know, birth or a revelation in one's life. There's the one where you may come to understand this career that you're going to follow and you make this choice as a young person. This is what I'm going to be when I grow up. But there's another side of it um, where I understood that this was a calling, mm -hmm. a calling um, as part of um, not just a career and a business, but as a spiritual journey. Um, I will tell you a quick story. You know, I'm a New Yorker, born and raised in Brooklyn, <laughs> not far from where you are now. Uh, and 
I was in New York when the attacks of September 11th happened. Mm -hmm. And I had a meeting in the downtown Manhattan area. So I came out of the subway, stood on Broadway and Prince Street. And I looked up where the two towers, they were always there, always a part of our, uh, the landscape, the, you know, the skyline, very important. You know, it's like the Statue of Liberty, the Empire State Building, the Twin Towers, these are all, the Brooklyn Bridge, these are things that you see as New York skyline, and you can't imagine the skyline without it. And I came out of the train and I looked up <clears throat> where these two huge buildings are, <clears throat> and one of the buildings was gone, and it was just billowing gray, black smoke where the tower was and your eyes are hard to even understand what's happening. And as I'm looking up, I'm on Broadway downtown, I'm looking and I see the second tower um, fall before my eyes, just started to sink and tilt and sink very slowly. Like when you see somebody chops down a tree and the way the tree kind of just slowly starts to sink and then it does the fall. And so both the towers were gone and the street was full of people on foot walking against traffic down the middle of Broadway, covered in black soot in their business clothes, crying, dirty, and uh, everyone was freaking out. They have like their car doors open with the radio turned up loud and we're just hearing this news like the apocalypse, like, okay, there's another plane, the plane is coming and we don't know how many more and all of this. And... Um, in this time in New York, um, New Yorkers, you know, were very tough. Um, this is the first time where I saw that New York was shut down, really. And I mean, like, emotionally shut down. Um, everybody was very much in a depression. A lot of people lost people. Um, and in that time of mourning, overwhelming, mind-blowing mourning, um, I felt so strongly like I want to do something. I need to do something. What can I do? What can I do? Mm -hmm. I'm only one person. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a fireman. Like, what can I do? And as I'm like, every ounce of my being is just weeping. Mm -hmm. It was like this surge of uh, come over me of, I, I have to sing, I have to sing, I have to sing, I have to sing. And it was like an understanding that the thing that I had, that I could reach for, my weapon, was my voice. It was the only thing that I had that I, I knew it was my superpower. It was like, I couldn't, that was mine. That's what my story was. It's my superpower. But from that moment forward, it was like a very conscious thing that I am here to help people somehow. And my thing that I have is this voice and this music and these songs that I get to write and to use them consciously in some kind of a way to contribute to healing, to contribute to, to um, uh, awake, reminding people of their own power, actually. And through time, from that point forward, it became a very clear and conscious thing. Like, I write with this in mind. I perform as though someone's life depends on it. And that thing that you see when you see me on stage and you see what I do, it's coming from a deeper place. It's not just about making money and entertainment. While those things exist at the same time, for me, it's a spiritual thing. It's about how can I, not, with this microphone and this presence, this opportunity to be in front of somebody, how can I reach out to them and help them to remember their own power, that they have the power to affect change in their own lives, 
that they are not forgotten, that their story matters, that there is something in them that, that they can reclaim if they have given it away, and that this intangible force of music can do that. And I've seen it. It was like it went from being an experiment to having countless affirmations internationally about how music uh, was able to reach into people. And people would, who never knew me before would come up to me and crying or confessing to me after the show. Like, I, I you know, and, and just I even, um, it's very interesting when a man uh, opens up to me because uh, generally men are more shy about expressing their emotions. And then especially a stranger, they don't know you. For them to come up to me emotionally, emotional and say, I, you know, I just want you to know that you, your show made me remember like, like why I should work hard and why I should show up. And, and, uh, and I was, I was contemplating suicide, but your song helped me like these types of things. Um, so anyway, the beginning of the journey was then September 11th, but it's been a long, uh, winding trail. Uh, that's taken me all around the world uh, with many adventures, you know, and, and inter, inter, integrated into this, um, I had an unfortunately, you know, abusive, uh, sexually violent relationship that was seven years long and it had lots of psychotic <laughs> bad things happening to me. Uh, and in the course of that uh, painful relationship and trying to understand what, hmm. all right, there's so many things. Anyway, in, in the course of this, I also began to understand about, um, uh, I became an advocate for domestic violence awareness, put it that way. So he and I, of course, broke up eventually, but um, also my music has been a, a source of, conversation for women and girls internationally and empowerment around this subject too. Mm. So powerful sister. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that profound story and um, you know, just how the, the events of the of life and the world as they were unfolding helped to ignite that flame in you for your deep gifts. It was like this deep place of heartbreak is where your deepest gifts emerged from and the, you know, the gem in the wound. And so I just, I, I find that deeply profound to know that. And I actually didn't, I didn't know that about you yet. So I really appreciate hearing that story for multiple levels. And that was actually the weekend I, the weekend after is when I moved to New York after September 11th. So being here in that time as well, it really took me back to that emotion that was here. So I feel you and I hear you. And I think based on what you shared, saying that I perform as if someone's life depends on it. I do. That is a deeply profound statement that is so connected to the fact that this is a calling for you and that you live, that is what it is to live from that place of passion and fire to know that it is about something so much greater than you. And, you know, we often talk about how someone out there needs you and how do you live your life so that they can find you and you are doing that. 
And, you know, we also talk about this idea of the heart warrior, which that's the theme this month. And I'm curious for you what that means, because you are this example of delivering your deepest gifts to meet the world's deepest needs based on your own experience and your story. And the heart has an art in parentheses. So it is this like <laughs> our life as a masterpiece and bringing that forward. But what does it mean to you? First of all, it's very wonderful that we're talking about warrior because it's been a very important theme for me uh, in my life and as, as part of how I view myself on this planet. Um, I think a lot about being a warrior. I wrote a song called Warriors. <laughs> um, when I talk about being a warrior, I, when I talk to young people, I'll say, you know, warrior, warrior is not some, but just somebody who goes and fights and kills people. Um, a, a warrior it can be a spirit, the spirit of the warrior. Um, and that is someone that uh, is not afraid to um, face uh, fearful things and situations. Um, has the fire to uh, speak out against injustice and to stand firm as a defender, um, someone who uh, like love is a force as well. You know, love is a force that 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 destroys hate. You know, dares to love in the face of very great challenges. Um, uh, so to be a warrior for me is like a way of life. Um, I've always felt like a defender since I was a child. Um, it's very much in my nature. Um, but to feel empowered in that is important. Um, and that's why I talk about superpower finding your superpower and what the, what is that to feel that you know yeah you you have heart and you're empathic uh, you know you, you care about people you want to do something but you can still feel kind of weak and like <clears throat> where do i begin and one of the things that i believe is that okay if music is my uh superpower like we each have our own superpower to discover and it's something that's already that you already have access to you don't need to dig very deep for it or, or have to find it somewhere far away your gifts your your superpower is something that's at arm's reach and immediately next to you and i challenge people that in trying to discover that think about the things that you really love to do things that you feel very very passionate about doing and explore them because somewhere in there it's going to tell you what your superpower is. And once I gave a workshop at Omega Institute and uh, I was talking about this concept and one woman, she raised her hand, she says, um, I, it might be sound silly and stupid. And I was like, no, nothing is silly and stupid. She says, well, I like to cook and I think cooking is my superpower because it brings people together. And I, and I said, well then don't judge it. Like if you know that it's a superpower, see, it's like if you think about X-Men, like the movies, you know, when they're young and they're kids and they have this power, they're afraid of it and they don't, they're afraid to use it because they think it's gonna, they're gonna mess up or it's gonna hurt other people. But when you understand that it is a power, if you consciously apply it, if you look at it as such, 
and you use it in the right way, it becomes a force. And it goes from being something that controls you or something that's loosely out there to something that, that is a force that you can consciously apply and you utilize. And so the reason this is important is this particular example about cooking. Um, I met a woman um, at a conference and she uh, had lost a young child to cancer. Um, there are not a lot of resources for children with cancer, uh, as she discovered, and um, she felt uh, that she needed to do something. And she's basically a soccer mom and didn't know where to begin. And she started baking because it's what she knows how to do and is the only thing she could reach for in this pain and this thing. And she's baking and baking and baking cookies and selling them. But she started an organization called Cookies for Cancer and raised thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for research for child cancer. And she's become this leader in this particular area using something that was so easy for her to reach. But, but the key was to being able to consciously apply it to help to do something with. And that, you know, for me doing the music, that was my, what can I do? I'm only one person. There's a, there's a tsunami of bad news coming and, 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 and greed and selfishness and things that we can't, that are out of our control. But what I can control is what I do when I have that fucking microphone. <laughs> and I'm in front of people and what I can do with that, you know what I'm saying? And for each of us, if we can just look at the things that you love to do and sort them out and not be afraid to see how could I use this to, to, to help some, somebody, yeah. you know, hmm. and that's part of being a warrior as far as I'm concerned. Oh, I love that. I love those stories. Thank you so much for sharing. They, you know, really touched my heart. I, I felt myself getting a little teary and that is so much what it is, you know, to be that heart warrior, to be somebody, an individual who's really moving with courage and intensity towards living fully alive and deeply engaged from this wild, full and open heart that is really from that essential essence and our essential gifts and our medicine superpower, as you call it, you know, that, that only we have that only we can bring and if we don't bring it it will be lost forever you know like our our masterpiece that we are bringing and our stroke to the great cosmic masterpiece that it will never be again unless we deliver that so and i like to say this don't don't lose your train of thought but i like to say this there's only one you that is or will ever be yeah so your story is important yeah you know your your place here in this time is important and yeah, maybe someone else knows how to bake cookies, but that person is not living in your city, in your space, in your... I read an article, um, there's a book actually called Not On My Watch, Not On Our Watch. John Prendergast and Don Cheadle wrote a book about the um, genocide in the Sudan. Mm. Um, it's very inspiring, actually. I thought the book was going to be impossibly uh, sad, but it was very inspiring for anyone who wants to be an activist. Um, and they talked about the fearlessness of children um, because children don't know yet that you can't do, you can't do that. <laughs> You're not supposed to do that. They don't know that. And they talked about this little kid who saw homelessness in his town and uh, he decided to create a lemonade stand for homeless people and raise something like $100,000 selling lemonade to help homeless people because he didn't know you can't do that. <laughs> you can't help people with lemonade. Yes, you can. Yeah. You can. And a little child doesn't know that you can't. 
And that's why they were able to make that difference. But if we understand how we give away our power, we, we have more power than we realize. Yeah. And we have given it away and you have to reclaim your power. Reclaiming your power is knowing that you used your power to give it away and that you can ignite your power to return it to yourself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. As protectors of cosmic order and justice and really showing up to deliver our gifts where they are needed most. And I love, I love that story too. And all these like 13 and 14 year old entrepreneurs that are creating these incredible businesses and really showing up and living unapologetically as who we are and delivering our deepest medicine in whatever way that is for us. And it will be unique for each of us. So thank you mm-hmm. for that. And the fact that we have been so repressed, especially as women and anyone known as sort of outsider or, you know, really shamed for our magic often. And so our gifts now that we are here with are, are slightly unconventional in some cases. And they're sometimes more difficult to really bring online because of years of shame and all of those things. And that's why we gather and practice so that we can move through the shame. We can move through the layers of repression and really shed those chains that are no longer serving us so that we can step back into our power and sovereignty and live from that fiery, fierce feminine place within. So I, I, can I, can I reflect on what you said? Yeah. Um, I, I really like this idea about like, like, let's be weird. And what I mean by that is, you know, on the most superficial level, like almost all super successful people, let's admit it, they're weird, (laughs) but it's an amazing thing. What that means is, is that the thing that is different about you, a lot of times we try to repress it and hide it. The thing that is different about you is part of your power. And if you can look at that and nurture that, then you will start to understand how it gives you a place that no one else can have on this planet. You know, your thing, that thing that is quote unquote weird about you, that different thing, if you nurture that, if you, instead of repress it, hide it, shove it down, put, you know, cover up on it. If you, instead of that, if you celebrate it, if you nurture it, it will teach you where you can be on this planet as, as, as a force. I really believe that, you know, and um, that's the start of becoming fearless in your, in your life, you know, one of the ways to start. Mm, yes, absolutely. And I totally agree with that, which is one of the reasons we incorporate a lot of shadow work as well, because often those deep gifts and the weirdness get shoved into the shadow. And so really helping to bring those back out to heal through those so that we can sparkle shamelessly again and be yeah. our full light and show up like that. You know, and I know that we affectionately refer to each other as sisters of the sun, you know, yeah. we carry that blazing bright light and that fiery heat in the world in how we show up and really share our essential essence. So in that, you know, I'd love to know what sacred practices you use to stay rooted in your passionate and infinitely sunny, fierce feminine flame and really keep that at a sustainable burn, especially when you're on tour, performing every night, center stage, sometimes for weeks at a time in multiple countries how for you do you keep that flame lit and that passion juicy in your journey and in the intensity of your sacred work sometimes uh 
I mean, I'll share, and it's interesting because I don't usually share uh, the details. So some, describing it, um, uh, I won't struggle to describe it, but what I mean is, is that I haven't described it often. So I don't know how it fits into <laughs> I'll just tell you. So um, I'll, I'll start from the beginning, then I'll skip to current. Um, when I was a teenager, um, I, I was raised in, in a family of just, you know, my father's a journalist, my mother's a um, counselor. Um, we were not raised in any kind of a religious household at all. They're very agnostic and kind of distrusting of any institution or organized religion. Actually, I still carry that to this day. I pretty much am not comfortable with organized religion or establishments and institutions in general, in any category. Um, but anyway, um, but when I was a sophomore in high school, I started a spiritual journey. I became a Christian. And I say this, that I use the term spiritual Christian um, because more than joining the social clique of church, I started the journey of having a daily relationship with God and talking to God and reading and, and, and in my case, serving Jesus Christ as, as, a, as my Lord. Um, and through time, one of the first things, when I was a teenager, I hated myself. Um, I actually hated myself and I was very unhappy and one of the first things God told me was you're not allowed to hate. <laughs> you're not allowed to hate my creation and you're my creation. So you have to love yourself. And I was like, Oh man, I have to love myself. <laughs> but I started to uh, be kinder to myself. I realized that I was more mean to myself than any other person on the planet. Mm -hmm. If you could hear the things you would say, I could said to myself, mm -hmm. I was quite mean to myself and um, beat myself up. And, what started to happen was I was respecting my own thoughts and ideas and I started to write a lot. I, I kept journals uh, for my whole life, writing and expressing and being able to care for the thoughts that exist in my, within me and the, the world that exists in my mind and the visions and dreams that I have, starting to see them as worthy and precious and to be nurtured. And, and through time, great peace that always evaded me became something that was directly in front of me. Mm. Um, now, after many years of this thing about having a, a spiritual walk and a relationship with God and a relationship with Jesus was, I did a lot of reading and prayer and things like this. Now, in the last couple of years, I became um, really interested in um, silent meditation. Um, I, I don't know. It's not a practice that somebody specifically taught me. So I think that the type of meditation I do is possibly closer to shamanic type of meditation or cross between Buddhists and Shamanic. I don't know. <laughs> but I like to be very, very still. And the way I think of it is that um, it's kind of like when you go outside to get a suntan, you don't do anything. You, you just sit and you honor the fact that the sun is just going to absorb into you and, and tan you. 
Um, but I think of it like the sitting still is like we are sitting still in the presence of a profound love. You are profoundly loved more than you can imagine. Mm. And if you can sit still and understand that you are profoundly loved and completely understood, you're not judged, you're perfectly safe, and you sit there and you let the love in. Because I realize that we have a lot of walls up around us that block the love from getting in. We're very frustrated with life. We're frustrated with the people around us. We're frustrated with our job. But we also block, it's like blocking the sun from getting in. You're blocking the light and love that completely available to you. You're blocking it from getting in. And that sitting there and being still and being available to be loved, to know that it's possible to be profoundly loved, greater than your greatest dreams, and let that in. And that stillness, when I am sitting in meditation, um, there's different things. Like one, like I think like I am a tree. And then I'll just think of the smell and the texture of uh, the bark of the tree and then the, the, my um, roots going in, feeling the soil beneath me and the stableness of the soil gripping, holding it, holding me up and the sun warming the top of my head and, and envisioning that and, and just your whole body just starts to resonate with this, like you just are loved and you are um, okay. And what you do in the stillness, the stillness of the meditation um, starts to like, um, like almost like iron out the wrinkles and, and the, the, the dust that got trapped inside of these crevices slides down and off of you because of your stillness. Mm -hmm. And so ener ener my opinion is that energetically things, just like we take a shower every day, you could be in your house doing nothing. You take a shower and you still have dirt in the bottom of the shower. And you're like, what did I do? I didn't even do anything today. You don't even realize that just being in the environment, you get stuff stuck on you. Mm -hmm. But energy-wise, that happens too. You're especially someone from New York or you're actively engaging with a lot of people. It's like energy kind of like sticks to you. Mm -hmm. And you don't even know that it's not your own. And there's this shower that you have should take. Why not? You take a shower for your hair. You take a shower. You wash your face every day. Why? If you sit still and let that love in and just, it's like a cleansing that like, like, washes off the dust of all this energy that gets kind of like sticking on you. And then you could see the difference between uh, what is your, yours and what had nothing to do with you. Sometimes you could be carrying along someone else's bad mood and issues. You've been holding it tight in the pit of your stomach for like a week and you realize, oh man, I'm actually in a bad mood because of a conversation I had four days ago about someone else's problem. <laughs> I realized I was like, I've been dragging that with me for the last four days, you know? So as an artist where I am like, um, basically in a, almost like a healer position, I'm giving everything of myself to bring uh, inspiration and, and be a, uh, a source of inspiration for people. But there's a lot of energy coming in too. Yeah. And, um, 
and people don't intentionally, you know, like I'm in Turkey at the moment. That's why I'm drinking Turkish tea. Uh, they have a thing they talk about the evil eye, which is like if somebody's looking at you with a bad intention or maybe jealousy and they don't realize it, may or may not realize it, but they're putting kind of like a negative energy towards you. Not all energy is negative towards you. It could be positive that someone is just sucking almost like they want your light. They want your positivity. They, Oh my God, like you're, you know, but that also is something that you, you need to cleanse, you know? And so I find like this, this quiet um, type of meditation has been really incredible. And I feel my whole body resonating and like, I started to understand more about chakras and the different parts of the body. It's like a, your body, everything that's alive has flow. But as far as I can understand, most things flow circularly. And so if you're blocked, then it's going to create illness, right? If you have a clot in your blood, the blood cannot flow and you can basically die, right? Well, energetically, these types of things happen as well. You can have a blockage and that <clears throat> sitting still and being present, you start to feel like the, your chakras basically rotating and spinning instead of being stuck. Something could be like stuck. And when it's stuck, it creates issues, you know? So these are parts of the practices. So when I have these big shows, like big tours and everything, I've been really particular about making sure to meditate and be still and um, be, be able to become fresh and cleansed so that I can see the difference between what's mine to deal with and what actually was something I needed to put in the trash and like put it, let it go down the drain, you know? Mm, yeah, yeah, I love that. I, I appreciate that so much. And the, the practice that you do with letting the love in in that way, we actually have a guided meditation in the hive called the love flood, which is very much that, like really allowing that in. And I, it is a super powerful practice to really just allow yourself to be bathed in that profound love. So I love that that's something that you do on a regular basis. And also just the, you know, energetic sovereignty is something that I like to talk about as well, which is exactly what you're tapping into around that, like making sure that you're not carrying around anyone else's stuff and that you are energetically sovereign and in yourself yes. moving through the world and stepping up to do your work. And the other thing that you mentioned that I wanted to touch back on um, was about how you used to hate yourself. And that that was a big part of your journey. And I know that recently you came out with a new single called Prettiest that oh, yeah. highlights part of that story. And I love this song and how you're bringing it forward as part of your artivism. And, and I wonder if you could talk a little bit about the song in the context of really helping our listeners to connect in more with their own capacities to take a stand for what matters most and to step up and take action in ways that are rooted in our own personal stories so that we can help yeah. bring healing to the world through our own experience. Yes, um, I would pleased to share that. And, you know, there's just one thing I also want to say in, in this context. Uh, a lot of times people want to make a difference in the world or they want to change even their own life and they feel like they have to go and basically get a degree or go through this, this, all of this training. And, and not to say that those things are not valuable, but, but 
there's so much you can do right now. Yeah. If we do all that we are capable of doing in the now, you will be shocked at how much you can achieve. The problem is, is that we don't even try because we think we're not good enough or we don't have enough resources and we just don't even do. Yeah. Um, so, the, the, you know, if you just start with doing everything within your power in the now, you will start to see massive growth and, and change. Um, I, I like to describe my song Prettiest as the song I wrote to my 13-year-old self. <laughs> um, you know, the, the lyrics, you know, I say, there once was a time when I didn't love myself. And when I looked in the mirror, I saw everybody else. Everything about me wasn't where it ought to be because I still hadn't learned to trust the power in me. I used to stand in front of my mirror in the hallway and look, and I was, by the way, I developed late. <laughs> so I was like a sophomore in high school. And this is like, you know, think about the most vain times of your life and your sophomore in high school. I was completely flat chested. I hadn't started my period yet. I mean, like my younger sister had her period already, like my friends. And I'm like, something is wrong with me. I was totally flat, no shape whatsoever, no hips, like bony ankles. I, I just it was so, I mean, this is like physical, looking at my physical and like not being happy. But also I thought something was wrong with me um, because I was different. And I knew that I was different because of I'm super heady, super analytical to the point where it's painful. But at that age, I was just like, why can't I just be like everybody else? You know, I was felt this burden of being different. I was more comfortable talking to grownups, for example, than kids my own age. And I, kids my own age didn't know I was struggling. So they thought I was fine, you know, because I could act like I was fine. I was good at acting, you know. Um, but I was really troubled by the fact that I wasn't like them. And I knew I wasn't like everybody else. Mm -hmm. And even just coming into this world, you know, I'm half black, half white America, in America, uh, where you're being always asked to choose what are you. Um, you know, I grew up in a black neighborhood, primarily spending most of my time with my brown skinned mom, who I worship, you know. And, and I was fair skin and it caused a lot of attention and it made me feel so uncomfortable. And I felt like I wasn't black enough and I, I didn't fit in. It was all these things and trying to process them at the same time. And, um, you know, when I said that, you know, God told me you're not allowed to hate yourself. You're not allowed to hate my creation. So you can't hate yourself. It was the start of me considering that my thoughts and things I valued and cared about were worthy to look at. And it started to melt down all of this need to fit in. Why is it so important to fit in? Why is that such an important goal? Fitting in, what is this? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I started to think I'm not black or white, I'm Maya. That's what I am, I'm both. And I'm not afraid of either of those things about me. You know, I used to feel like I had to, to hide or be afraid of to tell people things like, Look, if the people around you don't um, like you because of who you are, then they're not really your people. Don't have time they're for that. Not your real, they're not your real people, your tribe. And I talk about having like a virtual tribe. I, we find each other around the world. We identify each other. I'll meet somebody who barely speaks English and we'll totally be like, 
same spirit. Like, I'm like, you're so like my virtual tribe. And like, we find each other, you know, we get so stuck in trying to be in a category and fitting in. And what is the value in this? I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what this value is to fit in and be like everybody else, you know? Um, but learning, you know, that your inner power is what makes you beautiful and, and even sexy. What is sexy? Sexy is not, do you have full lips? To me, sexy is how you hold yourself. Sexy is that you're even in touch with your sexuality. I mean, that's sexy to me, you know, like, so to be that, to, for me to discover what makes me sexy, you know, is, is knowing that, you know, I, I don't want to become invisible and look just like everybody else and become lost in this crowd. I want to be something unique. Um, inner power, inner strength is where your true beauty resonates from. And it's sustainable, by the way. <laughs> Your inner strength is sustainable and can grow infinitely, right? Yes. If you're only judging yourself as beautiful on your physical attributes on the outside, those things are going to keep changing through time, uh, shifting through time. I'm horrified that young people get plastic surgery. Before their bodies even finish growing, they're getting plastic surgery. It's, it's, it makes me sad, you know? We can find a way to love ourselves where we are. Then you'll understand that there's a transformation and a glow and a, and a, and a beauty that will start to, like, burst out of you just by owning who you are, where you are. Yes. You know? Remembering how much you matter and that your gifts matter and that you're needed now. You know, that what having back into what we were talking about earlier and being that heart warrior and really taking a stand for what matters and really allowing yourself to bring that forward here now at this most potent time in human history. Sparkling shamelessly, that's what it's about. It's an inside job, not an outside job. I 100% agree. I 100% agree. If you work from the inside out and talk about it being sustainable, it's something that can continue and continue to. And this is why I love the notion of being a tree. By the way, the reason that I relate to trees is because also God once told me, because I was very frustrated about um, working so hard as an artist and seeing other people surpass me in terms of fame, let's say, or money. And I'm struggling so hard, et cetera. But I'm always reminded, like, in my case, Yes, it's a career, but it's also a spiritual journey. And any great spiritual uh, person of spirit uh, doesn't just get to a destination. You have a journey, and that journey is very important for the development of your spiritual self and your ability to help others. Mm -hmm. So one day God told me, um, a big tree takes longer to grow. Mm -hmm. And that statement has stayed with me for so many years. Whenever I get frustrated and I was like, no, I don't want to be a weed. I don't want to be a weed that grows and pops the flower out and then dies a week later. I would like to have a decades-long career where the things that I create um, last after I'm gone and help people. Like That's so one of the reasons I relate to being a tree. But a tree also kind of grows infinitely. As long as it's alive, it continues to grow. Yeah. And it's an incredible attribute of a tree. 
but it's something to think about about ourselves if we go after this notion of developing who you are from as an inner being your ability to grow uh it never ends mm, yeah you know what i mean yeah and, and you're, you're, mm -hmm. provides that that fruit as well and that nourishment continually over time and cycles through and continues to offer yes. that beauty and that love really birthing our love into action in that way through the nourishment of the tree and it's actually one of the images we use too in Sister Hive, this root to rise and shine idea that we must be rooted deeply into the earth to be able to rise into our full power and shine with our full light. So I really I love honor it. that image. And you know, if we can just transport that image and closing the podcast today of all of us as these brilliant, beautiful trees that are growing on our journey at our own pace, wherever that is, without judgment, but knowing that we're leaning into each other as a sisterhood with our roots and that we are drawing energy and inspiration from each other as we grow. And that it's us coming together and connecting underground and above ground in that constellation of light that allows us to thrive and continue to soar. So I just love that as an image and thank you for that inspiration and thank you for all the beautiful work you do in the world and how you bring and birth your love in every moment when you sing and when you perform and when you give everything, when you literally show up as if somebody's life is on the line. So I'd honor you, sister, for your journey. And, oh, I honor you and everyone else that's tuning in. Thank you so much for embracing me. It means a lot. Yeah, it's so, so beautiful to have you and join us on the podcast today. And can't wait for more soon. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us for the show today, beloved. If you'd like to hear more from our guest today, join us in Sister Hive, where you'll receive a masterclass from her. Additionally, you can find more at mayaazusena.com, and be sure to check out her awesome new single and music video for the song Prettiest. Trillions of years of evolution and revolution led to you. It's time to remember who you truly are and why you're here at this most powerful time in human history. It's time to allow your full spiritual magnificence and the raw truth of who you are to come forth. It's time to be lit up and turned on and blazing true because the world needs your unique soul sparkle now more than ever. So remember, Someone out there needs you. Are you willing to finally come out of hiding and live your life so that they can find you? I'll leave you with that question for now, beloved, and I'll see you next time. Bye for now. If you enjoyed the show today, please share it with your beloveds. And come on over to LaineyLoveDolby.com where you'll receive a free Soul Sparkle starter kit so you can begin your own journey to ignite your revolutionary potential today.